0: Women's power to heal, Mother Earth, I am Maya to worry. On a Sunday afternoon, right before dusk, my most favorite time in the season of the early winter, when the light is clear and brisk and pierces its rays into perhaps opening mind caressing the soul calling me again to come forward and greet the beautiful light it's a reminder once more that amid the chaos fatigue, and frailty of living, we always have these priceless moments when we can take a deep breath, breath, sigh, and give thanks. My good friend Phyllis Kurod has just published her beautiful book on the living spells. She's called one of the first Wicca priestess in America. And that is beautiful, because as I read through some of her passages, it was wonderful to come across the Celtic word, Gwer, G-W-E-R-E, which means gratitude. And its expression was to bless and to praise and to celebrate in order to open one's heart. In these trying and troubled times, it is very important, it is urgent that we do not allow our hearts to be closed by the bitterness and the acrid stench of it all. I have been surrounded by so many uncouth louts, I can hardly keep count, and this is 11 years and counting, but this time of day, on a Sunday afternoon, I am pushed and prodded to remember this exquisite beauty that life gives us, that life has. As I get older, perhaps a little bit more mature than I have been when I was 16 years old, perhaps a tad more patient than I have ever been, and perhaps coming into the wisdom that I have always carried, not only from the ancestral DNA, but from the whole collective DNA of my being, my soul's existence. I begin to see how the things that irked me and sometimes left a sour taste in my mouth have now morphed, reincarnated, re-chiseled to become some of the strengths that I cherish most about myself. I remember many years ago when I first returned to the motherland of India and was devastated, entirely devastated at the condition in which Ayurveda existed in the homeland. After surviving ovarian cancer at a very early age, as most of you know, I wanted to join force with my ancestral bedrock to go back to the Vedas to understand the birth the Brahminical birth and I don't mean a caste that's a whole British thing that has nothing to do with the beauty and scholarship of the Vedas but it was important for me to reclaim an existence that my forebears had lost crossing that vicious, well, it was a beautiful ocean, but the voyage was a vicious, across the many seas from Calcutta to what was called British Guyana in South America at that time. So much history to relate to. Suffice it to say that it was an odyssey a momentous time in my life to r- return the first of two or three generations back to India. My interest was in the Vedas, Vedanta, Sanskrit, Ayurveda, but I was told even by the most esteemed scholar, Vedic scholar gurus. Not the contemporary gurus, but the ancient, most lived, most amazing, rarefied souls. I was told by my own guru and another that Ayurveda as a Vidya is dead. Now I can see why they would have thought so, because... The deteriorated demise, the horrific, unhealthful, marginalized condition in which the Vaidyas existed in their little pharmaceutical, Ayurveda pharmaceutical shops, hidden away in filthy streets, only visited by the poor. And as I moved through North India and then South India, I also found a few surviving Ayurveda hospitals that were struggling to keep the Vidya alive, working against all the tides of modern medicine which had usurped the place of healing in India. We have two camps in India as I see it the camp of medical physicians and engineers and scientists who disavow the sanctity of Mother Nature to gain what they need to gain. And not all scientists and doctors do that, but for the most part, that is the reality there, and that was the reality there. And then those who struggle to keep the vidya of Mother Earth alive, Now this is not a pleasant story, most people don't really care about it, many advocates don't even want to hear about it. But let me tell you, this is crucial and critical and junctional to where we have come with Ayurveda today. So as I moved from hospital to hospital in the South, Ayurveda Hospital, and began to influence the advocates there the doctors and vaidyas and chief of chief managers to instill a sense of not only sanctity but sanitary conditions remade the pillows for the for the patients and and had them clean up those who listened to me of course and of course i carried around my tome, a Life of balance, which by then had gotten published in India as well and and so they sort of had it made me a little credible to them, but that's another story. I've always wondered about <laughs> well, I shan't say it, but I'll get to another story with that my thought that is, but I began to influence them as to the ways that we can upsurge, recultivate this ancient art into something that is taking back its rightful place in the sacred practice of it all. And I made some little inroads and a few hospitals decided to allow me to donate the new therapy pillows and certain amount of instructions to keep the therapy rooms clean but it was a rather impassive task when it came to influencing them to treat the therapist well because the therapists of course were looked at as serfs they didn't call them that but they were treated as the local women and men who did all of the hard work of the Ayurveda therapies were paid so little, had so little consideration for their well-being, they worked exhaustively for these hospitals and clinics. And by the way, not much has changed in this compartment, even for the now affluent commercial Ayurvedic spas that have popped up. All over the world and especially in India. Well, what have I learned? I was not to be influenced. Cancer, the journey through cancer, the five years that took me to the other life, to the other world, that I lived in the tunnel hung between life and death, and then came out Alive, And that journey could never have been snatched from my memory because somehow it gave me the Shraddha, the faith, the understanding that Ayurveda will have a resurgence again, and it must. And that is how I founded the Wise Earth School of Ayurveda. And that is why I called it Wise Earth, the names like Mother Earth and Earth Mother and all of that had already been long since taken by many organizations. But wise earth was never used, those two words together. And I realized that despite my own karmic birth of ancestral memories and brilliance and scholarship and whatever it is we carry in the flow of consciousness from one generation to the next in my brahminical lineage of the Vedas that we can only depend on the resurgence and resuscitation and nourishment of that wisdom that we carry as sentient human beings from Mother Earth, no place else. It is her wisdom. And I was so enthralled to put those two words together, wise earth, because it made me remember that despite my own journey of learning and gleaning and transmissions from the universe herself, that it was always from mother earth that I received what it is that I needed to know in the firm foundation, the bedrock that became the work that I have done in the past 40 years. When I came back to the United States in 1980, from my long many years sojourn of becoming a Vedic monk and studying Sanskrit, Vedanta, many texts, and even Panini, the sutras for Sanskrit, some hiatus with that in Kathmandu, Nepal, and then through yoga, Ashanga, the philosophy of yoga as well as the practice of yoga, but mainly the Upanishads, and mainly the self study and totally guided studies by so many ancient vijas, five in particular whose life I was able to be touched by and who touched mine deeply in a way that guided me through what my guru and other incredible scholars call the dead vidya. Now, I don't say this to rehash that, but I wanted us to have a point of reference from where Ayurveda has surged so quickly, so phenomenally, in the last 35 years that I'm speaking of, and especially in the last 20 years, and most expressively in the last decade. But this upwards rise, this surge, unpacks many, many gifts and many challenges. The challenges of its popularity, like yoga, becoming way too commercialized, materialistic, becoming spa-oriented with very little understanding of the goddess, the earth, the mother, the wise in it. And so I see the frailty of it all from where it had begun, in the depths of incredibly disempowered, disemboweled neighborhoods where the Vaidyas existed all over India still, and all of the shanties that have been torn down by now. And all of big corporations that have taken it over. And of course, this also had an impact in how I renovated and restored the sadhana value of Ayurveda. Going back to the deep, incredible wisdom of the Atharvavedas, Again with the mentorship of a few ancient Vaidyas, now not alive, while I continue to study Vedanta, and while I sojourned in Rishikesh and Coimbatore, India, at my Guru's Monastery Ashram Arsha video. So I reflect on this magnificent afternoon Hmm.